All right, Daniel, you ready? I'm ready when you are, man. All right, welcome to uh, Pod So One. This is episode one. We have my uh, buddy Mike Stockhausen. He is a teacher, student, warrior, father, stud, all around good dude. Glad to have him on the podcast. Uh, today, my buddy Art's going to be in the A chair. So he's going to be kicking us off, and uh, this is all about Mike Stockhausen. Here we go. All right. Uh, hey, thanks for having me, everybody. Um, so Paul and I go back 21 years, and it's kind of funny how we met. Um, he was the first com- uh, company commander I, I ever had in the Virginia Army National Guard. I came from an infantry training unit down at uh, – from Fort Pickett, Virginia, um, doing just that, training infantry soldiers, guys who were coming out of uh, the even Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, yeah, and were joining yeah. the Guard and, and becoming infantry soldiers, uh, getting the 11 Bravo MOS. And we ran uh, professional development schools, NCOES, we, we call it. Um, and so it was a great job. It was training guys, being out in the woods every day, you know, shooting a lot of weapons. But I uh, couldn't get promoted. So I wanted to get promoted. And Sergeant Major there, Sammy Heron, <laughs> case, oh, I love hooked Sammy me up Heron. with uh, his old unit, the engineers, uh, up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And his, his saying was like, yeah, they're just infantry with, with you know, bigger back or bigger rucksacks because you got to carry the demo. Um, so, <laughs> eh, whatever. Am I going to get promoted? Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, don't care. So I went up there, and actually, I, I knew a, a couple people, Virgil Gray and whatnot. But so I, when I first got up there, um, Paul was in uh, Fort Polk. Yes. Remember you doing JRTC rotation? That, that's that's a, in Fredericksburg. No, that's in uh, Louisiana. So, so I couldn't uh, even talk to him, to meet him or anything for about you know about a month. Yeah. So when he finally uh, rolled in, it was uh, I was about to quit. Because it was a... I don't think I knew this. It was a... Oh, yeah. It was a complete admin thing. <laughs> what great. he does remember he is... saved it for the podcast. Is, yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to... Maybe I shouldn't throw a name out there, but my, my predecessor there had been there for about a year. We'll keep the guilty out of this. He had been yeah. kicked out of recruiting for a while for some kind of, uh, you know, like... There will be six people that can figure this out based yes. on what we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a... He, this guy was quite a character. In fact, he uh, he claimed to be... Like a Vietnam era Navy SEAL. That's right. And had a plate in his head, and but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I nothing ever, you know, led me to believe that he was actually a Navy SEAL. Plate in his head, maybe, but not not a Navy SEAL. <laughs> anyway, this guy also he was a nonstop smoker, and this was back. In, this is only nineteen ninety nine, but think about it, twenty years ago, in a his armory, a, well, it's kind of pseudo federal building. Yeah. But definitely, is, it, you know, you could smoke. Yeah, yeah. And he just, I mean, he smoked. In fact, tell you the truth, I smoked at that time, too, because this job stunk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sort of, we moved here from Maryland back in 2001, and I was just shocked at everybody smoking in Richmond. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Philip Morris, Morris thing. Yeah, and yeah I exactly. Heard. Support Philip Morris. Support <laughs> Everything had been banned up in Maryland at that point in time, and so right around that time, it started changing. Oh, yeah. Uh, restaurants, even bars, they started. Uh, and I think we started getting the bans, too, and then, uh, but of course, everybody kind of like pushed back for the most part, but uh, it, it was just. One of the reasons that the job was so annoying to me was that we did not have computers yet. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so we were using like a word processor. And I was not a, I never took typing in school. I, I was just like a <laughs> kind of a hunt and peck guy. And then we're doing things in triplicate and, you know, with the old carbon. You, you he probably has no clue what you're talking never about. Never seen no. any of this stuff before. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass. Like yeah. Microsoft Word? No, no, no. That <laughs> this was uh, a long before Microsoft Word came about. Yeah, this was ink on paper from a typewriter uh, just, type yeah, machine. Yeah, just like, politely nod. Okay. <laughs> just but they call typewriters word processors. Well, it was an electric typewriter. Yeah, exactly. And it did a couple right. little things for you. Just so it was a typing, word processor, <laughs> and it was just that. Okay. And, and uh, <laughs> but if you, if you hadn't taken typing and you weren't, it it was. One of these things, I, it just there was a lot of work involved, um, and this is only twenty years ago. Yeah, 
Um, and so I was about ready to, you know, and I actually had hair then, didn't have glasses. <laughs> I was ready to pull it out. And uh, what I really got me was I discovered one day, like tucked down a corner, because there was just, you remember this, oh, yeah. there was just paper and stacks of stuff everywhere in this place. And I found 35 records for people that needed to be processed for discharge. And the, that, that process Just randomly on the floor, you found these things? They were kind of tucked. No, when I was randomly, they were... <laughs> that wasn't they were random. Tucked, they were hidden away you know, oh. very carefully. Oh, And so yeah, yeah. it fell on me to do these things. And it was not easy. It was like, you know, it was just, it was, you had to be, it was a lot of paper. A yeah. lot of paper mm. and a lot of time. And so I was like, I was ready to tap out. Like, what what and, rank and, were you at this point? Staff Sergeant, E6. So this is when you met Paul. This yes. is before. Well, I mean, how long had you been there before I came back? A month. Okay. This is all in the first month. I'm finding all this stuff out. So my predecessor, basically, after he got kicked out of recruiting, came into that office and didn't do a <laughs> didn't touch a thing. Didn't do anything. And uh, well, back then I had to come in every Friday because I had a Sunday through Thursday gig. I worked every Friday trying to make sense of what was going on there, and I at least got. Some of the training work done, but the admin stuff, I just didn't have time to address it. And so when you came in, that, that was the pile of crap that you're talking about, <laughs> was all the admin stuff. Yeah. So here's one of those just fortunate, you know, things in your life where you meet somebody. Because probably he was the only commander I could have had who could bring me back from the, <laughs> I, I, I the remember, ledge. I remember giving you a few pep talks. Yes. And also being a, a great help. Yeah. You know, along with the, the job that he was doing, which was not the easiest job at the time either. Yeah. Um, we were a good team. Those were fun times. What so job? were you the one to promote him? Nah, there's a oh, system man. and a process that promotes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was the uh, company commander. I think there were 89, 90 guys in the unit. And he was the readiness guy, which meant he was responsible for everything that would help the unit become ready to go overseas and do whatever yeah. the mission called for. Yeah. But here's my, here's the day I met stock. I'm walking into, I have no idea who this dude is. I have not heard a word about him. I don't know if he is, uh, the, the guy reincarnated, the guy that you replaced. If he's just this amazing <laughs> dude, I have no idea. I'm, I'm expecting somewhere in between his class A's, his dress uniform is hanging up, uh, on a wall locker. I think, and I see that before I see him. He's around the corner in his office, shuffling those thirty-five discharge and, packets, and smoking heavily, Pro- probably, smoking. <laughs> Pro- probably smoking. And and on his uniform, I see jump wings, and a star. Cool. I'm like, I've never seen one of those on a person. I don't even think I'd ever seen one. Period. And so I kind of had this moment, like, what's that? This is 1999, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. And then I see. Uh, Ranger tab on the oh, left shoulder, yeah. the Ranger Regiment scroll on the right shoulder, which meant he'd gone to combat with, with the Rangers. And I'm like, oh, my God, he may kill me in the first 10 minutes. Like, he may just look at me, and I might start doing push-ups <laughs> until my heart explodes. I don't know what's going to happen here. And so I walk around the corner, and I, we greet each other, and we got to know each other. And we were very compatible. We are similar personalities. We're certainly not the same person, but we're similar personalities. And we got some good stuff done. And the, and the small world thing was he ended up going to school with my sister-in-law at, at Virginia. Oh, cool. So they knew each other. And it took a little while to f- for that figured out. And, uh, but uh, but that right. was kind of... Yeah, we, we saw each other at your uh, retirement yes. party. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I went to JMU after school, James Madison University. I ended up being a history major. But I really majored in, in partying and having a good time. Yeah, I was much better at that than I was history. <laughs> boy, too. boy, did I. And, and so it was like, I still say, not around my children, but it was the best seven years of my life. <laughs> but uh, but I was I was the typical person that really should not have gone to school right away. I probably should have joined the Army right away. But, uh, but I did, I managed to graduate. And after going through many, many flirtations with majors that were actually worthwhile and would have made some money, I ended up with a history major and, and a bunch of debt, which is how I went into the, the Army for that, my, that first tour. And then when I got out, having that history you know, degree, that's how I got into teaching. And I actually taught high school for 
uh, three years. Cool. Okay. And one of those jobs was up in Northern Virginia, which brought us up from my wife and I from Savannah, Georgia. Oh, to cool. I did a stint. Fairfax, where her, where her parents were living at the time, as we were trying to figure out where, where we were going to go to. But then I got uh, through my sister-in-law, a friend of hers. Um, they had an opening at a school, private school in Richmond. So I came down, and that's how I got into, started teaching at Benedictine. Awesome. For a year and a half. Right. And I loved it. Great job. Yeah, yeah. History, geography. You know, I had a lot of fun doing it. But unfortunately, the, uh, and I'm one of them, the Catholics did not pay very well. <laughs> and, I'm one too. <laughs> and my wife actually is one that told me I better get another job or, or at least supplement the income. And she is the one that suggested, I think we talked about this the other day, joining yeah. the National Guard or whatever. And, and that's how, and that, that's what led me to the next step cool. in my career because you know, I went active duty again okay, with the Virginia Army National Guard. And then all these years later, when I retire, you know what? And now that I think about it, it's Laura again, my sister-in-law. Yep. Her husband, her son goes to the same school, Benedictine. Yep. And they hit me up about six months ago or even a little bit longer, maybe like, hey, you should work at the school. I'm like, oh, wow. you worked there all these years ago. So 25 years later. I Full circle, yeah. Yeah. yeah walked through the doors of uh, you know, the school again and. It's kind of interesting. The knuckleheads are still the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> teenage boys are still teenage oh, yeah. boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. But uh, teaching, that's, you know, it's, I'll I, I tell you what, 25 years later, I realized the difficulty of the people who are professional teachers, especially in, in public schools or, or just that, that K through 12 type of education. Right. That, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I get worn out pretty quickly, but for someone to do it thirty years, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, I, I give it to him, and that's, and and that's, I think it's kind of a, a racket in a way because <laughs> they, I think most of the, they know those teachers cannot last that long, right? Okay, and so they're gonna, you know, you know, they they dangle that carrot, the retirement carrot at the end, and but you got to go the thirty, it really ramps up at the end your your benefits. So my wife's looking at now. She's been in twenty five years teaching. Another five. Or, or well, she's been in the in the system because now for the last five years she's been actually been an administrator. Right. So, but yeah, it's another five, and that you know she goes from you know a forty percent retirement to a you know seventy five percent retirement. Ooh, that's yeah. Just yeah. In, in like four or five years. Yeah. So, but but Hang to last there. that yeah, but yeah. to last that long, I mean, it, I think it, it takes you know it, it a lot of people. Very few people, I think, can do it and keep up the the, the quality of the teaching. And the, right. They really got to have the love of the teaching, the love of the, mm-hmm. the students that they're teaching also. Right. Um, I sure as hell couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you jumped out of planes. Yeah, so. I, I tell you what, I'd rather jump out of a plane again sometimes and walk <laughs> in with okay, you know, some of the, the knuckleheads we got going on today. Yeah, yeah. You know. So there's something I'd like to add, another attribute, like uh, leader. You talked a little bit about uh, leadership. And so that probably uh, translates from back in the Army, both then and into Benedictine. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, in, uh, it, it's kind of good because teaching this leadership class um, or, or developing a leadership program at, at the school you know, makes you, you reflect on you know, all of your experiences and, and different types of people. And, and really, one of, like I said I, the other day, I believe that I'm basing it off of the military leadership right. model. Yep. And you just, and it really does translate into any, any field. Um, and you can analyze leaders, types of leaders, you know, situations, you know, the, the followers, teams, and all the, the dynamics in there. And, and the Army does, really does give, there's a lot of training that, you know, is directed towards leadership. Yeah. Um, obviously, some of it, some of it is uh, kind of just you know cookie cutter stuff because it's it's a required for everybody who sure. you know can live and breathe for twenty years. Okay, but for people who are you know excelling and really or seek that out, you can get some great training. And most of it is you know firsthand experience in doing this stuff. Yeah, it's right. actually really doing the, uh, the the jobs. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know that's where. I, I've always looked back at some good leaders and, and Paul being one of the best leaders that I ever had. And fortunately, I was very, very lucky 
in every uh, either a commander or at least staff officer that was as my immediate supervisor and maybe even a level beyond that that I worked for was we always had a great relationship. Yeah. I can only think of one I didn't have a great relationship with and we still, you know, we got by. Yeah. But, uh, and I learned from all of them. And I thought, you know, one of the things about the National Guard and the Reserve component that is superior to the regular army and the careerists is these guys like Paul that bring in this whole other world of mm. experience. Yeah, real. And, uh, and, not and real leadership. Management, but management, different uh, oh, types yeah. of leadership. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, and just the experience, but also, uh, you know, and not just with him, but all the all of the guys. We got guys who, you know, work jobs, every kind of job there is. Right. One of our big things, and, and, and I don't know if, uh, well, you, yeah, you remember Gerald Gardner. Oh, yeah. Um, started off as an E4 with us. He's actually the sergeant major up on That's Crutter Spray now. That's crazy to me. But he was with me over in Afghanistan. He worked for Dominion Power. Yeah. We get over to Afghanistan, and we're ostensibly a, a sapper, engineer sapper platoon, gonna go blow stuff up. But just because we were engineers, we got a a horizontal mission, the the vertical mission, the you know the which means like building things, yeah, making uh, B- building up or building oh sideways, yeah, and power generation, I was what that is. all yeah. all these things that we never trained on at all. We talk yeah. about vertical and horizontal in IT, but it's different, <laughs> yeah, very, very, <laughs> very different. Yeah, but we had this. So this guy Gerald Gardner, he was an E five at the time when we went over to Afghanistan because he worked at Dominion Power, right. He knew how to set up a grid in this place when we brought these new generators in, and because these infantry guys, they didn't know what that you know, regular you know, army, no way, that nothing happens, that right? they, you know. And so we were able to set this up, and here was a guy that's, uh, I mean, he, he's you know responsible for you know, power for this an area the the you know really size of of this county probably you know? yeah and, and it's crazy right? one guy one guy you know and, and then he and he's it was up to him to teach other people to hey right, you know right. like do this don't touch that and you know and, <laughs> that'll fry you yeah you know, we only we only only almost electrified the camp one time <laughs> but uh but fortunately nothing happened but that's that that's the experience and the like the the, the leadership right you know that that you see that in in a different environment from right, what right. they were yep, yep. perhaps trained in or their most of their experiences is coming into the into the army. So How about a good example of leadership in action. You're in. You've jumped out of planes. You've you've been in Afghanistan. You've been in Iraq as well, or Kuwait City. Yes, Iraq, Kuwait, and Iraq, and uh, yep. back in the Desert Storm, the first right, Desert right. Storm. Yeah, yeah. So in action, you, you've probably seen. Well, some. hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Uh, you, I think you just commemorated the 30th anniversary of your jump. In yes, the yes, we did. Oh, okay, cool. oh, so wow. let, let's start. Let's start there. Yeah. In '89. He and some of his buddies jumped into basically a really uh, hot, under fire kind of place. Right? Oh wow! That's where that that's where that star came that's from. That's what I'm chest. looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, it was December of '89. Yeah. Um, Manuel Nor- Noriega was uh, you know essentially the, the dictator of of the Republic of Panama, yeah. Yeah. or and he was you know running drugs and just doing all kinds of. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. So. He, you know, messed around with some American servicemen, okay, down there amongst, you know, also, I think, lopped off the head of a political rival, <laughs> some other things. So we decided it had enough, we're going in. So we uh, actually, you know, performed this mission. We jumped in um, overnight. It's funny because we went from Fort, well, from Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. It was December 19th, and there was an ice storm. In Savannah? In Savannah. That's crazy. <laughs> and we were trying to go through all of our, our actions outside, and everyone's just like, we're, we're dying. <laughs> then we get in these uh, these aircraft, rig up, and fly several hours. Because it's not, it's, hell, I think Panama might even be the same time zone. Maybe it's one time zone. Yeah, it's ever, bizarre but, how. But really, it's not yeah, that, exactly. that far away, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's closer than California. Um, flew via what uh, big plane and uh, we flew in or uh, C-141 star lifters at the time as we, we flew down there that you know I think uh, 90 80 80 or 90 soldiers also had a bunch of C-130s and that yeah doing uh, we dropped all the equipment it's pretty pretty 
cool the operation. Sure, yeah. yeah. They, they they flew in um, the heavy equipment and dropped it first, like jeeps, and bikes, and some some other things. Um, one of them was a tank. So cool, a Sheridan <laughs> tank. Which, yeah, I would love to see that. Which cap a tank in? Well, Art, this is a good one because it burned in. The chutes failed, and this thing pancaked, and was like squashed, squashed in. You know, it was. It was Craziest thing. Did they have yeah. another one? Um, yeah, they 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 had a they, they had a couple of those, but uh, so in 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 flying in there, it took about an hour just to like get the you know the icy you know feel off us. Hardest part is getting out of Savannah, and then <laughs> it, and it was because the planes were icing up and oh, it, wow, it yeah, really yeah. it's kind of screwed up the timetable because we had you had people from where we were Hunter Army Airfield, you had people in Lawson. Army Airfield, which is in Fort Benning across the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You have people coming from Fort Bragg. And then um, various elements that were in and around um, Panama at the time. Some that were stationed there. Some that were, you know, getting there very quickly via other means. Yeah. But because uh, we already had a lot of assets there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to, to coordinate all that stuff together was, I mean, it, of course, things went wrong. But overall, Pretty it was well. kind of an amazing type of thing that everybody more or less got there. At the same time, and it worked, you know, once again, not flawlessly, because nothing ever works flawlessly, okay? But it worked pretty much according to plan, yep. which seems pretty rare you know, right, right, in right. the military. But you guys trained all the time, right? We did. In fact, in fact, this one was, it was odd in a way, because before things got really, like, tense and Noriega started, they actually, like, you know, incarcerated some American servicemen and abused, uh, like, the guy's wife and did, did some crazy stuff like oh that was only like a week before we actually went in well two or three weeks before that we did the actual rehearsal for the mission at eglin army air force oh wow i didn't know that we didn't know that until got the op order the operations order for panama once where they said like called everybody in like okay we're we're actually going to panama we're gonna do this then they start going through the order we're like wait a minute (laughs) we just did this three weeks ago (laughs) in, 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 in training Somebody knew something. Surprise! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, or else at least it's one of those things where you you know you, you train for you know certain contingencies that 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 could happen. This is one of them, and you know. So yes, I say yeah. This was probably planned. It was going to happen sometime. Right. You know, they were just waiting for the for give us a reason. Yep. And so, yeah, that was one of the uh, that that was a good one because it was funny before we left. We had to pick up our, our ammunition. Okay, and we were for our, our pack when we got there, we was like, okay, take socks, a shave kit, um, I think an extra t shirt maybe, and all the ammo you know, like well, that's it. Yeah, and then just ammo. <laughs> carry. And yeah. and so we went by and usually everybody has like a basic load that they're gonna give you. Well, you got your basic load, but then there you went by and they like it's just like it, it seemed to me at the time this huge mound of everything you could think of that a small arms, you know, from laws rockets to AT fours, which is like a kind of a bazooka type of throwaway bazooka type of thing, to just and like grenades and and everybody starts. Okay, well the problem is with that is that stuff weighs a lot. Yeah, yeah. So by the time we start walking around with our, our rucksacks and all our, our parachute rigged up, we're like you can barely walk. So. When we actually flew in there and we started to, uh, you know, got in close and they do go through the jump calls and, and you, you get all hooked up, that uh, we could barely stand up. I could barely stand up. And you're going to jump with that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, and it's too late to try to loot, lighten the load now. Yeah, yeah. So when the time came to go and they're like, guys are going out the door and I, I you could hear explosions and, you know, and, and like you could see tracer rounds coming up and all this stuff like that. But all I could think of was like, oh my God, I got to get out of this plane. Like, you know, or like I'm going to collapse under the, the, you yeah, know, yeah, just all this, this yeah. crap. And then I like kind of fell out the door and like, well, <laughs> and, and it ended up being like one of the best jumps I ever had. Somehow everything just kind of went right. You know, I, I just had enough time to drop my, the rucksack, which has all the load in it. It, mm-hmm. it drops on a, a line about, yeah. 15, 20 feet below you. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Okay. Otherwise, so, you'd break your legs when you... Yeah, I was going to say, how do you land? And, like and a, oh. Basically... I didn't know that, yeah. Basically, I pulled that cord, 
And it seemed like a second or later, boom, that hit. Because you, you hear it. You hear this thump, mm-hmm. and you know it's coming. Circling faster. And I landed on the airfield. I mean, I landed on the grass, and my chute collapsed on the airfield. So it was, you know, right. I was right there. It hit the soft spot, you know. It's perfect. And, and it was perfect. And I swear my my Jeep that I was signed to for my Jeep and bike team was, you know, 100 feet away. And yeah. you're saying Jeep because Humvees came into service well, they had Humvees, but Humvees wouldn't fit on a C-130. Uh, so you actually had like World War II a, Jeeps. A, well, a, a M-151-A-4 <laughs> Jeep. But they, they were Jeeps. They were just reinforced yeah. with roll bars and cages yeah. and stuff. So we could go, you know, put on you know machine guns and, and hook that stuff up. But yes, it was essentially you know cool. very close to... Uh, now, within two years after that, they got a very high speed. They had you know these... Special operations vehicles, kind of yeah. like the the stuff you saw in like old Navy SEAL vehicles with you know, right, right, you know, all painted black decked and out. cages yeah, yeah, and decked exactly. out. Like, right. like, but we had all this stuff that it was, <laughs> it was that whatever the Jeep. army had. Yeah, and what you jumped in on was when they dropped those. It was like this big honeycomb um, boxes, basically that that yeah, they they, rigged these things. They you know, absorbed, yeah, and so. That absorbed the, the crash. We get on there. We have all this, you know, ammunition. We're packed up, and you're standing on this stuff because it's it's a little jeep, and we got four men on this this um, this vehicle. Yeah, all that stuff packed so in. We start, Everybody has that much stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's standing. Our, unfortunately, our platoon had this the mission jeep and bikes. You you get on the your jeep and bikes team. The the bikes take off in front of you. They kind of like recon the ride ahead, and you go to where you what's called a blocking position. We had to drive off the airfield, go to an area which was going to keep, and we went to a basically a, a an intersection, a junction of, of, of roads of a high avenue, you know, likely avenue of approach if anybody's going to come back, come and, you know, try to attack the airfield, you know, with vehicles and whatnot, or convert, you know, also to keep people that might be trying to get out of there to keep them, you know, contained. Right. Especially in this case, like Noriega was, that was the, that was the big guy that you wanted. We yeah, wanted you to, wanted ca- to get capture him, him. exactly. And uh, so we had a, a planned route to go to go off that once we hooked up with everybody, and you know, so that was kind of kind of neat because we just drove out of there while other guys had to, you know, hump and do a bunch of clearing on the <laughs> on the airfield, and you know, they're probably you know worn out and because they're carrying that's all that ammo load. I just threw my stuff on the back of the jeep. And yeah. Really <laughs> what were the but, uh, what were the bikes like? The bikes were like, you know, Honda uh, 250s. Like, like, a, like a dual purpose kind of thing, on-road, off-road? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Enduros, um, as they call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the crazy thing was, as we're driving off the airfield, mm-hmm. we start seeing flames kicking out from the side. Well, some of that, that honeycomb cardboard paper didn't get out. It was like... You know, sparking and like like catching on fire just from the friction of driving off there. It's like, you know, we're, we're now we're loaded with we got grenades, we got the like all this stuff. Like, boy. Ah! So we jump off there like pull box, yeah. and, and pull all this stuff out. But it was like you know like you know like thirty <laughs> seconds into the mission, we're gonna be like <laughs> we're supposed to be using this against the the bad guys. Yes. So then we we got out of there, and that was uh, you know that that was a like I said, everything went really well. That's the first time I got shot at. I didn't even know I was getting shot at at first. Yeah, but um, you knew the tracers were flying. Well, then, well, yeah, I guess we got shot at as we were coming down. Landing, and, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, when we were out at this blocking position we're at. Right. We're getting things set up. Okay, and all of a sudden, like, ping, a light goes, Kush, you know, like, starting hearing these little on your On your Jeep. Jeep. Well, we're off the Jeep. We're setting up the, the, the position, like, you know, getting down, um, getting low, getting off, of, you know, yeah, dismounting. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, someone's going, yeah, someone's like, shooting at it. Someone is like, you know, it's just one guy that was like, you know, yeah, firing you know, yeah. single shot rounds. Like, the first time I was like, you know, what's that? What, what's that? <laughs> it was when, you know, I remember like my squad leader was up. And he's all like, you know, what's, you know, that's when the light exploded, kind of like not too far away from him. And that guy, he jumped like about five feet in the air. And all of a sudden, was like, they're shooting at it. Is everybody getting down? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, as a young man, that, that was the first time right. doing all this. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny because you went through a lot of emotions. You saw people do a lot of things 
I guess it was really in character, but at the time it seemed like it was out of character because everybody has this big bravado back in back in the rear. Like the sure. Yeah, yeah. But I remember at one time, you know, firing our machine gun and then looking behind me and there was a guy who was behind the who jumped off our Jeep and he was like cowering. You know, taking yeah, yeah. cover like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be shooting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. We, we, we knew these there. guys were shooting. Who though, shows so. up under pressure? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, and that you saw quite a bit of that. But the good thing was, most everybody, mm-hmm. you know, did a good job. But it was just, yeah, some people, and it was funny because it was guys you didn't really expect ah, that yeah, were yeah. the ones that you know, kind of shied away from, you know, from things. And uh, you never really know until you're put in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's 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 funny. That's one thing that the, the army does, especially or the military in general, is I guess probably the most stre- stressful situations to yeah, some degree yeah. you could you could find yourself in. And you know, some people just don't. Yeah, they, they, uh, they cry. Uh, Mike Tyson famously said. Every, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. <laughs> until the first bullet flies, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's just like when... So, but that that's where we get back into training. And what, yeah, I found, yeah. what I found out was, and I think the reason that 99% of everybody did their jobs and did them well. Yeah, yeah. And with, just and because of the repetition. Was because of the, the training. We were very you know hard. And also, we built a good, uh, built esprit de corps within the unit. It's like... You didn't want to let down That's your buddies. You didn't want yeah, to let down yeah, the yeah, unit. Exactly you, right. You know, you were part of this organization that you're proud of, and by God, we kicked ass and took names, and we we're gonna, you know, like, and and that's that was constantly reinforced by the leaders, like you know, the company commanders, and whenever given, yep. you know, like it was it was a fired up speech about how we were, you know, like the the biggest baddest mfers in the, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was mostly in, true in, in Panama yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but that. That was the attitude, right. and it carried on. And and I learned from that. Yeah. So several years later, when I was, uh, you know, after I was teaching, I started back with the the Army Guard, and I was actually training myself. You know, that's kind of the attitude I had. That these guys were, you no, know, hey, let's let's train like we did as in the yeah, range. Yeah, exactly. I, right. I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was the only way to be. You have to make it as hard as you possibly can without. Killing your own guys yeah, right, in yeah. training, but yeah. make it hard. So Daniel is a big believer in causing struggle in his life artificially. Is that an unfair term? You could say it like that. I just think, you know, for, for people that don't... I think I, what I really just mean is seeking out uh, stress and challenge and adversity because it is a strengthening uh, endeavor. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, like they say, good times make for weak men. So, you know, I'm living in good times right now. I, I'm not in the army. I didn't have to go and go through any of this stuff, but um, I still want to be strong. So that's kind of what. Well, it's, it's interesting because it always seemed to me that in like the last 20 years or so has been the rise of extreme sports and extreme challenges. Yeah. Um, don't you think, or Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's a way for people to, and some of those... Like I the mean, X Games and all these things that the, are really intense. The X Games, the Spartan races, the yeah, triathlons, yeah. and I mean, it's really, I mean, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I can't remember, you know, when I was 25, 30 years old that any of that type of stuff was, was, yeah, yeah. was going on. And yeah. so I think that's a... Thank you, Paul. I mean, even... They didn't even have bungee jumping back then, but bungee jumping being one of those things of hey, here's a, here's a, I've never bungee jumped. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd want to tell you the truth. <laughs> you jumped out of airplanes, but uh, yeah. you'd rather have a, a shoot because well, the thing about jumping out of an airplane is you're so high up, even if you're, I mean, even when you're doing a low level jump like 500 feet, which is low level, um, you're 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 so high up that you don't really have perspective so you just i was never scared of heights like even standing in the door of the aircraft and and looking out at everything i was always i can't sit on the edge of like the the up on a roof like that i can't sit on the edge i can't sit on like the edge of a cliff and dangle my legs over or anything that's probably over eight feet tall without Mm -hmm. i feel it but up there is you just up there you're so high you can't now if I have a, if I'm secure, if I know I'm secure on something, I'll lean over and I can do all that. 
but that's only if I'm secure. Right, if, I, right. if I'm not secure, I'd rather just stand off the edge. We went up to, uh, have you ever been to the Outer Banks? Yep. Okay, well, in Kerala is the, they have the, uh, the Kurtuk oh, Lighthouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember going up that thing when, with my kids several years back, and my youngest son, William Wallace, was about probably about five years old. But we go up to the top of this thing, and you know, at the top you come out. And there's like this metal railing around. With you know, you go out there, and he's leaning out, sticking his head in there, and like, and my back was plastered against the the, the bricks. I'm, the same and I'm way. just going like, my heart's pounding. I'm like, like, get back, get back, get back. And you jumped into a combat zone. Yeah. Hey, we'll yeah. just. <laughs> Are you sure you did that, Dad? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's one of those things. Um, even like the Eiffel Tower up at King's Dominion, you know, it's like mm. uh, I don't like the, I I, yeah, I just I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I don't like it now. If I turn if I have a rope and it's you know, and I'm snapped in, I'm fine. I'll lean off that thing. But for some reason, if I I just yeah, you know, it's kind of extreme vertigo in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's just you know, kind of kind of funny that way. But like you were saying, I think those are ways that people challenge themselves. Especially those are those are you know basic human fears mm-hmm. um you know, fear of heights fear of getting punched in the face right <laughs> you know? right yeah, right. yeah. I mean, well, that, mixed martial arts yeah you do some fighting right i, I train jujitsu yeah, yeah yeah and that's that's my what that's the adversity that i like to yeah create yeah create exactly for so there you go he called it uh some extreme sports yeah that's that's a great way of training i mean something it's funny because my son's a golfer and that's really mental it's so like oh, yeah. uh it's just you and really your good thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, and sometimes it just gets the best of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the things that are a little bit mental and physical. Right. Uh, right. So, I think yeah. it's the, that's the, the good balance of things. Yeah, exactly. So. But if you, you train them both. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. so you, because, you know, especially, I mean, in the military, when you're a leader. Right. When you're like, when I was a Joe in Panama, I, I was, you know, an E2 or E3 machine gunner. I was like, I mean, I kind of just thought I was bulletproof, and I'm gonna like. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get into this. I not a care in the world, not a care in the world because you said to worry about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have kids or anything at the time. No, I, I, I yeah, I wasn't even married yet. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah I, that's my wife was my girlfriend, but I was like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't care. <laughs> I was, the only thing I was like was about like my buddies not letting them down. Okay. Completely different when you're responsible for even one person. Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah, exactly. you know, a year later we went to Desert Storm, and I was a, I was a machine gunner, and I had an assistant gunner, and I, he was my guy. That he, you know, like, I was responsible for for him, and like, yep. yeah, I was responsible. I, I, I felt completely different, you know, in my at my approach to what I was doing. Right. Okay. Because I had him with me. Right. Oh, so you're not talking about the wife at home. You're talking about the assistant. Gunner. Like, yeah. that you, okay, so earlier you didn't have somebody like that. You were just a... No, I was just, I was, I was the lowest guy out there. A grunt, mm, so to speak, you know, yeah, so, exactly. You know, a year later or so, I've, you know, been to ranger school, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, got a little bit of responsibility now, and now I'm responsible for a person, mm. you know, and it's just, it's, and, and it's, it's a totally life different. and death kind of business you're in, right? Yeah. And you're in a place where people are trying to hurt yeah. you. But then, as you go up, you know, the chain. There's, it, it, you know, there's these different levels of responsibility. Where I enjoyed being an, a non-commissioned officer, an NCO, enlisted guy, because I was much more directly. You guys here, you're with me. Hands I can, on. I can yeah, touch yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Paul, as the as the, you know, platoon leader or company commander, he's responsible for everybody but it's his plan it's his command you know that that is you know responsible for it so he you know he's got much more responsibility because it's up to him like hey if my plan is jacked up you know like then i could cost a bunch of people their lives right um and that is really that's the difference between being an officer and being enlisted. I have, you know, I had responsibility and, you know, and, and authority that went with along with my rank, but ultimately, you know, if I work it for him, all that responsibility is, you know, for me is on him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I do affects, affects 
him. So he's he's got a much you know broader you know scope of of responsibility and 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 duties and everything that he's for. We always say like, eh, we had all the fun and you know, this, you know those guys had all the responsibility really. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's why they get paid. And, and I and I agree that that's the way. It should be a lot of people. You know, they complain. You'll hear them, oh, officers. You know, we work for a living. They don't do it. You know, like, you know, you know, people might chatter a little bit like that. But anybody who's, you know, has half a brain knows that they got. You know, they really have the burden of responsibility, and you know, on on them. They've got stuff. And and, and the problem is they can't necessarily see or they have that hands on like what's going on. Basically, my like I know. What I see, that's what I'm in charge of. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to see it. He may be back, you know, miles in the rear, listening on a radio or something, trying to figure out what all these different elements of his unit are doing, trying to put it all together. You know, and it's, that could be very frustrating. Did I, you find sure. that, like, the best officers were the ones who sort of, like, were able to sort of, like, be hands-on and sort of, uh, like, in terms of building relationships with their men, like... I've read so much. I'm a history, a sort of yeah. closet history buff too, and it seems like the best ones were were just good at connecting yes. to their people. Yeah. Yes, or or at least building a being able to build a, a, a team. Yeah. And have you know and 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 garner loyalty, whether yeah, yeah. it was from. You know, being the you know I'm going to lead the charge. I'm out in front. I'm doing this stuff, which yeah, is. Yeah. Which is respectable, but sometimes that's not their job. Right, right, exactly. Um, sometimes it's the last thing you should be doing. Yeah. I, I, what I found out, have found was is the, you know, one of the best qualities for all leaders, common sense. Mm. And I don't, I have to work at common sense. I always have common sense. Sometimes I can be in the good idea club, and I don't even know that uh, you know, like <laughs> I'm necessarily there, and, and you know. Until you, you step back, but that's one thing I thought uh, Paul had right away. Right, he could right, cut right. through some of the, the the. There's a lot of fluff and bullshit. That, there's so much that, bullshit that comes down from higher. And what <laughs> and that's part was part of his job. Sort of signal to, versus noise. Like okay, what's really, really important here that we need to do to prioritize what's going on and and to keep people on track of. Hey, there's 50 things that you know we can do out here. But these are the two things that, you know, yeah. that if we fail at, we fail the mission, you know, and it's easy to get distracted with things sometimes, you know, and, and uh, you know, that, that commander can sift through all that information because, you know, they'll give them a, a, you know, an operations order that's the size of a phone book, okay, with, with so much jargon. Put together by hundreds of people and, and you've got uh, Joe's on the ground trying to decipher it. You don't even know where to find one or two good bits of yeah. info, right? So it's guys like that that can not only relate to the guys on the ground, but yeah. can take that staff work, the, all that, and kind of like cut through that, find out what, you he know, still does get, get today, the elements, the, way, like. the essential <laughs> elements of what's, of what's important, and then to be able to, you know, you know, disseminate and let yeah, people know what's skill. going on. Yeah, exactly. So, so you, go ahead. Not, not to, not to, you know. Pump up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> sir, sir, tell but me that, more about that. that. <laughs> but that's one of the qualities, that's one of the qualities Okay. Yeah. That that he had, and, and like I said, sometimes I'd be getting up, you know, like wound up about all kinds of stuff. He's like, "Nah, hey, hey, calm down." Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. like like everything's, you know, like don't worry about that stuff. Don't right, worry right. about that because, you know, I mean, I want to do everything, do a good job, and you know, make us all look good. But you know, I mean, he knew really what the, the important things were and what to focus on. You right, know? So, right. So I appreciated that greatly, and I learned, you know, from yeah. that. And I had quite several commanders that I worked with that were that that shared that quality which is you know I like the, then of course almost as important is you work with a few people that don't have that yeah you, you see and you're that. like you know that is very frustrating okay because they try to do all those 50 things yeah, you know they, and they, they can't you know mm-hmm. pick Pri- out that prioritize and say this is right. it yeah exactly so they waste a lot of time and that's one thing that you know we don't have is is, is, is it's that, precious, right? Yeah, that, that resource. Exactly. So, um, that, that's what. So, for as we get back to leaders, that's one of the qualities of, of leaders. I think that is you. You can at all levels too. You you can't, you know, 
beat common just someone with common sense. Yeah, yeah, love it. So, all right, so hold on, hold on, real quickly. Okay. So you're you're kind of dancing around the question, and I, we haven't asked it tonight, but I've asked you before, and you don't give me an answer. Mike is the son of a, a colonel, a full, Fulberg colonel. Your, your dad's still around, right? Yes. Still kicking. You, you have a brother who retired as an 06 as well, Fulberg yes. colonel. And you re- just retired as a uh, command sergeant major, yes. E9. Why did you uh, not go the officer route? So wait, so colonels are officers. officers. And he ended up being the top, a, a the top colonel, NCO. A colonel, the next... The next colonels are way up the chain. The next... Rank above colonel is general. Yeah, exactly. So, just to I, it's pretty perspective. And is major so. below, <laughs> oh, below no, colonel? We're not going through all of them. <laughs> There's there are too many ranks to go I through. Just, we're not, we'll, just, we'll, we'll we'll go off air and okay. we'll, we'll we'll talk Sorry, about all Sorry, back to the original yeah, question. We, you can it'll Google. Take, it'll we'll, take 15 <laughs> minutes to go through this shit. Oh well. So actually, we've already touched on much of this. We have. To, Remember those have. seven years at, at 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 JMU, like you know, boosting it up and partying. Yep. Um, well, actually, I, I, when I started, my first semester, I was in ROTC. This is 1981. And so Vietnam had been eh, essentially over for 10 years. Nothing had really gone on at that point. Like in the 70s, they, this is what, uh, you know, I think art probably you know, has a pretty good feel for it. And, and Paul also. Yeah. Okay. Paul's leading. By is the way. that you know Vietnam was a very divisive time in this guy. It was, it was one of those. It, it was not. A, it was not good for anybody. Um, and, and we're still feeling some of the long term effects of, of that. You know, upheaval within the country today because there's a generation of people that were young then that are old now that you know, yeah. never you know forgot you know how they were, they were treated. Like yeah, it yeah. was it's pretty brutal. But, uh, you know, so nothing had kind of gone on for a while. My, and the only reason, I, well, when I was a kid, let's go back to that. You're, you're actually answering my question. This is awesome. Yeah. I love it. When I was a kid, you know, my dad was in, he had gone to Vietnam. But we had, you know, grown up in several military bases. But I saw a movie when I was six years old called Shenandoah. And it was a it started Jimmy Stewart, and it was set during the Civil War, and there was some battle scenes and stuff like this, and it was set in Virginia. Was the it was supposed to be in Virginia, and I'd been born in Virginia, although now we were living in Florida at the time. My dad was in Vietnam, and I just remember like ah, oh, that stuff's great, and that got me interested in history, and of course being, you know, in just the military and you know war, so. I always wanted to be, you know, in the army, you know, be a soldier after that, or or something, you know, some role. When from time to time, it depends what what my interest was at the time, you know. I couldn't be a Roman legionnaire, so you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. But but I always liked that. And that's where that's where the history part of it came from. Yeah, always yeah. Like, and military history more than anything, right. you know, any other. So even up to the time when I went, went to college, like I'm gonna do ROTC. My brother done ROTC at JMU. He was a, he was a few years ahead of me, okay, and I did it. But then. You know, I got there, I just got a girlfriend, like, right before I got there. I didn't mean to, but it just, sometimes these things happen. <laughs> it's funny how that And works. I was I was playing rugby at the time, and I was, you know, having a good time with some of the, 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 the you know, friends and whatnot. And the ROTC was, I didn't like the guys in it, or running the thing, because they they seemed like a bunch of little, you know, baby killers <laughs> that were like, ah! And the That's movie, awesome. and Art Arton... Well, the movie Stripes. It's oh, a co- yeah. comedy classic. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, you, it's, actually, you, my fa- got, it's actually my favorite movie. You've got it's to watch this movie. It had just, I, have, I have it on disc in, in, the, in the house. It had, it wait, had, wait, what's a disc? Just kidding. Yeah. It's such a, <laughs> Daniel, it's such a good movie that on our way from Fort Bragg to BWI Airport to fly to Afghanistan, okay, I showed that movie. And they loved it. <laughs> and they loved it. That's great. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a timeless classic. Yes, there's a lot of anachronisms in it and whatnot to, today, but it's you got to see it. Sometimes. It stands the test of time. Yes. I could watch it. T- so tonight, stripes no had just come out, and there's like it was almost like some of the caricatures of some of the characters in stripes were like running this ROTC program. Or like it's like 
and also Animal House a few years before. Right, that, right. Where you had yeah. another classic, you know, movie. If you've never seen, seen Animal it. House, I love this. No, I've, I've heard. Oh, of that. we're oh, we're we're, we're see. We're I love this because this is like all this data that went into your decision. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. And there's this character in Animal House, you know, Niedermeyer, who was the <laughs> ROTC Nazi. Yeah, he was a okay. jerk. Yeah, and so I love. I, I kind of related to some of these guys. Like, you know, maybe I'll do this some other time. You know, like down. You know, like ah, a couple of years from now, because because at that time you're not on scholarship. You're just kind of like. You know, I wasn't on scholarship, ROTC yeah, scholarship, so I'm just like, ah, I'm there for because I want to be there. And, uh, well, once I, I kind of, you know, I stopped. It was like, yeah, well, I just went on to other things. So fast forward, you know, several years later, and I'm graduating with a history degree, and I got thousands of dollars in student debt. And I'm, I'm kind of like wallowing now. It's like, what was you know, the what, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> you know, like, I can't go, you know, Northern Virginia is expensive to live in. You know, I don't have money to go to grad school. I don't have, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I always wanted to go into the Army. You know, why don't I go in the Army? I can go, I can go in the Army. I'll go OCS, become an officer in a few years and blah, blah, blah. Go down the line. So it gets back to, I, I had planned, my thoughts were always going to be, oh, you're going to be an officer. So I went to the recruiting station in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I remember going to take the ASVAB, which is the basic, uh, some aptitude test. It's the it's the army it's the armed services vocational aptitude battery. Nice, look oh, at thank you. you. I never knew what that stood for. R and R CSM for a little while. Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is the test to get in the army, or or the military actually, mm-hmm. and then it also depending upon your score, it you know opens up certain jobs for you or Based limits you. It can be very yeah, limiting. Yeah, right. So. I go there and I, you know, I, I remember one of those, like two other guys from like, that were, you know, local towny guys, and they failed it, which is it's hard pretty, to do. Pretty hard it's to really fail. hard to do. <laughs> pretty hard to fail. <laughs> well, but, like, like, like we, take... we like having so, a lot of soldiers around. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I knocked it out of the park, you know, and I mean, I just, you know, I just graduated college, you know, yeah, like yeah, I, exactly. I would hope I'd do something. Yeah. And so the recruiter's like, well, what do you want to do? Because he's looking at me now like, ah. Oh. You know, yeah, exactly. I, right. And I go like, well, I want to do something. First, I, I, my intention was to go aviation. My brother was an aviator. Flew Apaches. It's like, huh, that's pretty cool. I'll do that. And then it's like, well, it just talking. I was like, yeah, I want to do something. To, I want to challenge myself. <laughs> and he said, well, how about the infantry? Well, yeah, the infantry. That the, you know, Being a history guy, I know the, the infantry is the, you know, the, the backbone of the... Sure. Hey, have you ever heard of the 82nd Airborne Division? Yeah, I've heard of the 82nd Airborne Division. They were in like World War II and, you know, Bridge Too Far and all these, you know, like, sure. you know, the story. It's like, ah, I get to Airborne School? Oh, that's a challenge and all that stuff. So he had me there. Like, mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, have you heard of a Airborne Ranger? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? And like, there I was. He had me there. Like, ah. That's awesome. You know? And so, you know, went down to the, 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 the MEPS, the military entrance processing station down in Richmond at the time, you know, went through like the physical test, make sure you don't have flat feet or uh, you know, asthma, all the stuff, all the stuff that I have now. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so I, I signed up and had like a, you know, like three or four weeks before I was going to ship off to basic training. So where I went back to Harrisonburg, where I was kind of like cooling my heels till I left. Yeah, and then just like proceeded to you know drink my ass off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. exactly. Party but uh, so I go in into go to basic training and all this stuff and stick around and go end up at the the Ranger Regiment or First Ranger Battalion, Hunter Army Airfield, where I got and I was a little bit older now than the average. How, how old were you at the time? Twenty five. You were twenty five, and you were surrounded by nineteen twenty. Twenty five. Yeah. College grad. Seven year. Probably plan. probably surrounded by somebody the average age being nineteen. Some with GEDs. Some with maybe a year of college underneath their belt. Most barely got out of high school. Can I ask a sidebar question? Yes. Uh, did you get the GI Bill? Did they pay for your? Armor? No. At the time, I turned it down mm. because I just I had a college degree. Right? What do I need the GI Bill for? Which would have been smart because it was cost. You had to pay fifty bucks a month, and you know, my my paycheck mm. was like 
maybe 500 bucks a month yeah. at this time. Crazy. Wow. But what I did get, and this was this had long-lasting effect, was the college loan repayment program. Ah. In fact, I was, I was going to get a bonus going to the 82nd, 5000 bucks, which was pretty, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it would have been very significant at the time. But going to Rangers, I lost that. Oh. But he had gotten me so good with, the, you know, like hype, you know, things that, that uh, you know, I was, that's where I want to go. But I still had the college loan repayment program. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that pretty much pay off your, your loans? Just to, to skip ahead, yes, after, uh, I want to say four years. Mm-hmm. It paid off all my college loans, and guess what? My credit score has been like top three percent in the country ever since then. I'm telling you, yeah. Because guess what? Oh my God, this guy paid off his college loan. <laughs> <You know? laughs> really, really? Yeah, exactly. And, One and of the rare bird. Hit I couldn't. When I first got in there, they wouldn't sell me a truck mm-hmm. like down in Savannah, Georgia. They wouldn't get sell me a truck because my my. I, didn't have good credit. Right. Yeah, I had some like mm-hmm. bills from school that I paid late and all this stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. You know, or a phone bill that somebody stuck, you know, one of my roommates stuck me with. And yeah, you know, so I, my credit was was not good. Three years later, you know, my wife's pissed because my credit score is better than hers. Is. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. 800 here. And I've never looked, <laughs> I've, I've never looked back from that. Yeah, and, oh, wow. And, and, and uh, so I always encouraged a lot of people to do that. That's one of those things today is like, you know what? You want to go to college, you know, or you want to? You need to pay those loans off. There's a way to do that. Yeah. You know, and uh, cool to do it quickly. You don't have that burden, but eh, you know, actually, probably most people have no idea. Right. You know, yeah. That 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 that, that you know. Uh, my brother and well, my sister was my sister. I think I told this to. Uh, she's in. I guess she's in the public health corps, so which is a division of the navy. Okay. And she knew, and she got she. It paid for her graduate yeah. school. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, so, it's yeah. awesome. It's a good deal. She got to know how to tap into it. Well, that's what they they really do go out and look for in the medical profession. Right. Right. They'll they'll go to you know some law school and whatnot because they'll they'll pay off your their their uh totally yeah law exactly school right right it's I know a, uh, a couple of jags up here at. Uh, uh, what's the Charlottesville? Yeah, and the Jag schools in Charlottesville. No, no, yeah. the uh, the Marine Corps base up here at Quantico. Quantico. Quantico yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, 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 a couple guys. Hey, so I think it's a good time for Daniel to hit us up with the uh, notes he's been taking. All right, cool scores. This is there's no scores coming go, out of him. Let's go. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to mix. <laughs> You're losing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. So hey, look, this is rapid fire. We're not going to spend a ton of time on these unless we want to. Okay. Uh, and and stock will be the one who answers your questions. Um, well, I only have two questions. That's and it. One of them is not rapid fire. It's been really good, and um, it's disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually really just want to keep hearing y- your narrative. But I'll ask, uh, what does full bird mean? Full bird kernel 06. It's like the the you know, the bald eagle. Do yeah. you have a? Do you have a? Uh, well, yeah. like, no, can can you be a colonel <laughs> without being a full bird colonel? There's Lieutenant Colonel, which is Paul, and then there's Colonel, which is the next rank. The colonels, which, the colonels are better looking than, than the uh, Lieutenant Colonel. Is that the That's criteria? Works, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At that point, they've got to find something to the, split the, the hairs by. <laughs> That's right. The Lieutenant Colonel rank is a uh, silver oak leaf cluster. It looks very different than the than the Eagle. In fact, it okay. looks like it looks like the Major, which is a yes gold oak leaf cluster. Silver's better, apparently. Huh. Yeah. And platinum. captain is right below major. Yes. Okay. So, so we're not we're not playing. Yeah, the he's rank. going. We're not <laughs> the rank. He went back to rank school. Yeah. I don't mean to. <laughs> no, I wanted to hear. You're in basic training, and you're 25, and you're with a bunch of kids that are 19 years old. Um, at some point, I know it's hard to get into the Rangers. They have like a selection process, or kind of like buds with seals. Is much, that- much less rigorous than buds. But there, there's two things with, I, I think I know what you're getting at. There's also Ranger School. Now, to get. You can't stay in the regiment unless you finish Ranger well, School. Well, right? no, but is this too, like. No, you're good. To, to explain no, the tear two it things? Up. Tear it up. Okay, so there's the Ranger Regiment, which is, as, as the saying goes, Ranger School is just a. The Ranger, te- it's just a school. The Ranger Regiment, the scroll. 
I wish I brought that stuff with me. You should. Is it is a way <laughs> of life? Going to have to come back. Yeah. It's yeah, a way yeah, of life. Be you do episode. it every day and all yeah. this stuff. So, the Ranger Regiment, which has um, four battalions now, because they have an STB. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. From about eight, nine years ago. Oh, wow. Um, is uh, part of the Special Operations Forces, which is you know would also have in them the Special Forces or or Green Beret, the we call it the Delta Force, Army Delta Force. Those guys are badass. It has yeah. the the SEALs are part of Special Operations Forces, the uh, the Army or, or rather the Air Force, you know, the, the combat controllers um, and PJs. They have a small slice of the of of it. Special Operations Forces also, and also now the Marines have MARSOC. They have they got into the action too. You know, so you have this. It's so calm. You've probably heard that special operations mm-hmm. command. You hear that all the time. Like I think one of the one of the war games or whatever has like you know so calm or Spec something. Off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something, something like that. But yeah. uh, those are the guys that you know, yeah that that you know think they're well. Most of them are badasses, but the, <laughs> that's the you know the, the black ops, and you can't know anything about it's it. Like the, they'll tell you about it too, right? right. <laughs> the, the real ones won't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've always. I'm, I'm learning a ton tonight because you don't normally talk no. about this stuff. So, so the the Ranger Regiment. That's what I wanted to go into. Now, there there's a, there is a screening process for that, and that knocks off a bunch of people. It's just mostly physical type of in in nature. Um, but when you're there at, at for me as a as a private, you go in there, you get like tortured and hazed for about a year. I mean, like, I was lucky in my platoon. It was like, and, and this was the thing about being 25 uh, the age and having a bunch of young guys. You know, I was a little more mature. <laughs> I could read people a little bit better. So I didn't really didn't get messed with as bad as a lot of people did. Because um, I could not, you know, don't do stupid stuff. And you, you, know, <laughs> you right. want to draw attention to your stuff, yourself. Um, and so... After about a year, you go. You went to Ranger School, which is, you know, approximately it's it's. I guess the military or the army says it's like you know the the premier um, infantry leadership school, mm-hmm. small small unit leadership school. Um, it's it's uh, you know about eight weeks long, and you go to it's several different phases. And, but the, the the big part of it is you're leading other people through these these missions and things. You're you're outside the whole yeah you know, most of the time. You're you're get one meal a day and you mm. don't get any sleep. So that's how they kind of like they for, for they, how long was this? About eight weeks. Oh wow. And and it that sleep deprivation and food deprivation you know that 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 creates stress. That. You know, since they can't kill you Simulates, or threaten to kill but, uh, you, it gets it just like makes you work in a stressful environment that you can, you know, see how you really function under yes. those conditions. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's cool. And uh, so it sucks. It sucks yeah, for a long yeah. time. Tell, right. tell us your most memorable story from uh, Ranger School. Okay, so I was in the mountain phase of Ranger School, and me and my buddy were. You know, while, while these guys were planning, we we're just you know, we we're, were not in a leadership role at the time, and we were out on the perimeter. It's probably about almost dusk, you know, so it's still light outside, and we're just you know pulling security, which means you know you're looking to see the enemy to come up, but try not to fall asleep. Yeah, but this yeah. time it's nothing's going on. These guys are planning for the next mission, and yeah, the whole thing out there is like you know nothing's happening, but you got to pull security, be awake, be alert, you know, like yeah. so. Like I said, you don't. You're not eating. You're eating very little. So, all you start thinking about after a while is food. It's very, very deep thoughts about food <laughs> and what when you get the chance, what kind of food you're gonna have. Donuts and chicken it's, wings. Oh and... my god! It's just I mean, it's very elaborate. The restaurants, meal, full meals, you know, planned out and like. Do y'all and, talk and about it? Do you have like conversations? And and, uh, yes. Yes. So me and my buddy were sitting there and we're talking. We're talking about like, ah, we're, you know. And then uh, 
next thing I know, I'm like, I'm hearing this pop, 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 pop. Pop, 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 pop. And I open my eyes up and I'm looking at the barrel of an M16 machine gun with a blank adapter on the end of it. But, and then this face above it, you know, pulling the trigger like enraged face with, with, <laughs> with camouflage on it. Going, ah! And then I, you're like, dead, yeah. I'm realizing that it's my weapon. My M16 <laughs> that he has over me, no and he's 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 working on his second magazine. You know, <laughs> dude, I'm finally opening my eyes up, and I kind of like glance over, and I see my buddy just kind of like, you know, his eyes are kind of big, but he's just like, you're not getting involved, <laughs> you know. And this RI Ranger instructor, well, he come I, I, as we're talking about food, <laughs> you know, fell asleep. And this guy, like, you went off into dreamland you know, on like, your food. Kicked yeah. me over, yeah. kicked me over, took my weapon, charged it. You're sleep fired, fired a 30 round magazine into my face. That was the pop, pop, pop. I was hearing like <laughs> you know, somewhere. And then, because I'm sure he thought he's going to like fire a couple rounds. And I'm like, kind of, you know, jump out of my, you know, like, ah, you're no, deep, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're all so, the way. So gone. he's like almost done with the second magazine before I open my eyes up. He was pissed. Oh, he was pissed. I got like, I got written up and stuff. You know, I guess things could have been worse, you know, for me. But you know, it was it was kind of. Fun. I mean, when once he left and all this stuff, it was it was pretty damn funny. Because yeah. I didn't forget, but I just that made me think about like how like that you can go from yeah you can go from you know it seems fully conscious and everything too when you're exhausted out and just like i mean like you're, you're done Knocked you're really. out, yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean that was the one i always remember because I, I you know i always got a kick out of that one and my, my buddy who i still see um you know we always laugh about that too <laughs> wait was awesome. he asleep too no no he wasn't asleep, but he uh, hell, he probably was. He probably just I'm just the one. He woke up <laughs> faster, so he got to witness you. Yeah, but it was yeah. That's just one of those things. There's kind of there's everybody that goes through Ranger School has stories of just like this messed up stuff that happened when they were just like so exhausted they mm-hmm. you know wandered. Sometimes you know some sometimes some bad things happen to people. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where once you've done it. You don't ever want to do that stuff again. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know you can do. It. And part of the thing is too is like, you learn to you, you learn that you can operate and actually you know plan and think and 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 do things and lead right at the extreme you know at some extreme conditions of, of your body and, and 